0: Over the last several years, we've been dealing with the whole idea of self-help in our culture. A lot of it's crept into the church. A lot of it has crept into many self-help groups, 12-step groups that have been around for a long time. However, a lot has come out as a result of Oprah Winfrey and Deepak Chopra and and even uh, Eckhart Tolle with regards to the law of attraction that has crept into the church. What is the law of attraction? Is it dangerous? Is it a new age practice? Does it line up with biblical faith? My name is Rob Lundberg, and we're gonna tackle these questions and more on the Let's Get Real podcast. Thank you for coming back to the Let's Get Real podcast. My name is Rob Lundberg, and you know, a couple weeks ago, I dealt with the whole idea of New Age practices in the church, and as I thought about it, and I was actually contemplating without misusing that word, not contemplative prayer, but just thinking about what to tackle, I guess, would be the best thing, because last week we talked about contemplative or centering prayer, and we brought out the whole idea of how it's not biblical, how it's lined up with Buddhist and hypnotic teachings and transcendental meditation and all this other stuff. But this week, I've been thinking about how to address the whole idea of the law of attraction, you know, because there's a lot of Influence of the law of attraction in our culture, we see it in the media. We see it with Oprah Winfrey, Eckhart Tolle, and, and others that other gurus and guruettes that Oprah brings on her talking heads show. And then we also see people like Oh uh, Joel Osteen and some of those types of churches. And I would venture to say that we have a local church here in Fredericksburg where maybe that pastor has been discipled in presentation on how to present a sermon based on some things with regards to the law of attraction. But nevertheless, that's neither here nor there the law of attraction is pretty prevalent in the Christian church. So what I want to do in the amount of time that I have is I want to tackle as much as I can, and I may have to spend a couple weeks doing this. So, you know, you may have heard someone say like, like attracts like. Whatever you think about you, bring about to get love, you have to give love, mind over matter. You're, you are what you think, or birds of a feather flock together, and energy goes where intention flows, or you get what you put in, or even the statement that we all like to say sometimes is, misery loves company. But you know, the the whole thing about this law of attraction thing. These are concepts you know, that can be used within the law of attraction. You know, and At first glance, they may seem like they're regular mainstream ideas, but have you ever checked to see if these ideas align with your faith in Jesus Christ, and whether or not your faith is actually a biblical faith if you embrace the law of attraction? So what I want to do is I'm going to address, hopefully in the amount of time, but if not, I'll have to go back and deal with the Law of Attraction next week. And I'm thinking, because this is such a big subject, I'm actually thinking of spending two weeks on this. Here's the questions that I want to tackle. Number one, what is the Law of Attraction? Where does the New Age Law of Attraction come from? Thirdly, what does the Bible have to say about it? And there's a lot of scripture that we can tackle with regards to how we should think biblically. Fourthly, is it safe to practice the law of attraction in your life as a Christian? Or fifthly, does the law of attraction miss the mark biblically? And what I'm going to tell you right now that it does miss the mark biblically. So if you are reading self-help books, I want you to pay attention to the, this podcast. If you listen to self-help podcasts, I want you to listen to me very, very carefully. And even if you attend personal growth seminars or even invest in the most popular type of, I can't tell you how many emails I get on these things, called Life Coaching, where they talk about investing in the life of an individual, and they, and that individual pays you as a life coach, exorbitant amounts of money. It's it's highway robbery, really, <laughs> you know. And I I, I, you know, I, I thought very briefly, very quickly, like maybe even less than a microsecond, about being a life coach. I, I just don't, I just don't see it as a viable career. And if you're someone who has believed in the law of attraction, apart from, the, you know, from what the Bible says, I want to invite you to listen to what we have to say and weigh it out. If you're a professing Christian, you know, and the whole thing of it is, is that somewhere between 3% to 6% of professing Christians actually hold a biblical worldview so what I want to deal with today is what is the law of attraction? And is the law of attraction one of those things that really, really works, or do you basically pigeonhole your, your reality? So what is the law of attraction? Well, the law of attraction simply is this. It's a belief that whatever you track attract, every relationship Everything, every circumstance or every experience whether good or bad in your life is because you've given your thoughts and attentions to it. Sounds like the word faith theology, doesn't it? But simply put, like attracts like. Like if you think a negative thought, it will attract negative energy or things that if you think positive, you'll attract positive energy or things into your life it is believed that you can use the power of your mind to translate your thoughts and materialize them into reality. See, that's reality manipulation by its very definition. And this is often referring, referred to as manifesting or, or manifesting your reality. And if we are to dig a little deeper, we're going to find that the new thought movement, just like in the new age, has turned the law of attraction into a spiritual practice that does not honor nor does it worship the God of the Bible. And folks, many people today believe that humans are always connected to the constant, powerful, universal source and our thoughts, our spiritual energy that radiates out of the universe in the form of of vibration see right there that is new age thinking so whatever vibrational frequency or energy that you send out always comes back to you like a magnet opposites attract positive negative negative positive right so how does this how does this law of attraction work So if you want to feel good or be happier or achieve success or attract positive things in your life, life, like financial abundance, good physical fitness and good physical health, better relationships or nicer material things, you simply need to, one, according to the law of attraction, ask the universe for that which you desire. Number two, the source within you answers and becomes. And number three, then you bring yourself into the vibrational frequency of, what, of that which you're asking for to manifest your dreams or the desire for your life. And see if you wrestle with sin like every Christian does. There may be some things that you want that God does not desire for you. There may be some things that aren't working right in your life that you think you can go and find greener pastures and think that the law of attraction will work for you in order to get that, whatever it is that it is. Folks, I'll tell you something. You don't want to go there. If you're a Christian I hope from just what I've shared with you so far, I hope you can already see some red flags. And if you don't, I want us to look deeper. I want us to look where the law of attraction and new thought movement comes from. What are the origins of the law of attraction? So that's another question we want to answer right here. I think that's probably the third one. So we're doing pretty good on time. And see, the meaning... Behind anything is usually found in its origin. And I believe that it's wildly important to understand the law of attraction and the roots of the New Thought movement because it will help you and I decide as Christians whether or not the ideology is something that aligns with our biblical faith or if it comes from the adversary. I'm going to tell you something right now it doesn't align with our biblical faith but I'm going to prove that to you. (laughs) There's a guy by the name of uh, Phineas Quimby, who was one of the founding fathers of the New Thought Movement. And the New Thought movement began in the early nineteenth century and grew out of the ideas and theories that brought forth the Quimby, Quimby manuscripts. Phineas Quimby, who was a mesmerist and medium, a medium is not good. And if you go and you look at my blog, one of my last blog posts, it talks about going uh, about about and whether or not twelve, what I call the dirty dozen of occult practices in the New Age, Quimby would fall under one of these practices. Uh, Quimby believed that every phenomenon in the natural world has its birth in the spiritual world and believed that, quote, all diseases are in error in the mind or patients' mistaken beliefs. Now, folks, I'm going to stop there for just a moment because if you look at the word faith theology, you hear a lot of that with Kenneth Copeland and the late Kenneth Hagin and even Benny Hinn. Quimby claimed to heal himself by tapping into the same healing power that Jesus used and he began experiments to test that theory about his about healing patients diseases without medication through the redirection of his patients' minds and of course if you think about it Mary Baker Glover Patterson Eddy the founder of Christian science which is a mind science cult that that started in New England This is a lot of what is involved in that as well. You know, as I think about Quimby, and I I think about it, and I read others who have read through Quimby, Quimby acknowledged and referenced the Bible and teaching of Jesus, but he began to draw new conclusions that are in direct conflict to the Bible. For example, Quimby believed, and this is from his book on page 201, Christ never intended to be applied to Jesus as a man, but the, uh, to a truth superior to the natural man, that is, truth that is what prophets foretold, and it's been called by various names, but is the same truth. There is a natural body of flesh and blood, which was Jesus. His mind, like all others, was subject to the law of the truth that could be developed through the natural man. This power Jesus tried to convince people of as, as I am trying to convince people that there are such a state as clairvoyance thats that there is a power that has an identity and can act upon the natural man, which the natural man is ignorant of. When this power acts upon his senses, it acts in the form of an idea or thought. Natural man receives it like a servant, but acts through, though he was the father of the idea. The world gives him credit for his, this superior superiority over the rest of his fellow men. Now, I want you to think about this for a minute because this was one of Quimby's many conclusions that clearly show us where the gospel of Jesus was fractured and where the devil began to pervert biblical concepts and turn them entirely into some new false promise. Now, from a Christian perspective, this is the heart of the matter. Now, you remember a book that came out like in 2006, Rhonda Byrne's book, The Secret. I'll tell you, that book crept into churches, slithered at the altar of God. and Many people were thinking that that was probably a great book, but I'll tell you, it was occultic drivel. You go to this book, and the book, the book caused such a surge of interest and controversy about the law of attraction, the law of attraction, or this whole thing on what is called manifesting, visualization, and positive thinking. Today, this book has sold over 30 million copies and has been translated in over 50 languages. There is no shortage of big name celebrities, folks like Oprah Winfrey, Steve Harvey, Jim Carrey, Denzel Washington, and others who endorse and practice this thing called the law of attraction. Oprah, and I'm not going to get into a lot of Oprah's talks. You can go all over YouTube and you can find it. But Oprah even claims to be a Christian while believing Jesus is not the only way to salvation. And there's a video out there. I'm pretty sure it's still on there. But see, Today's version of the law of attraction has radically evolved since the 19th century. The teachings of Jesus and the mention of the Bible have been removed and the basis for the law of attraction now claims to be rooted in what is known as the laws of science. There's nothing scientific about it. It's all mind science is what it is. Not only has Jesus been removed, but The law of attraction teachers of today claim that we can become gods. Sounds like the word faith theology, right? And here are just some excerpts from the book of The Secret, and I'm not going to read all of them to you. But I'll just tell you that this is not new, nor is it a secret when you hear what I'm going to read to you. You are God in a physical body. You are flesh in the spirit. You are eternal life expressing itself as you. You are a cosmic being, you are all power, you are all wisdom, you are all intelligent, you are all perfection, you are all magnificent. You are the creator, and you are creating the creation of you on this planet. That's heresy. Next one. The earth turns on its orbit for you. The oceans ebb and flow for you. Birds sing for you. The sun rises, it sets for you. The stars come out for you. Every beautiful thing you see and every wondrous thing you experience is all there for you. And let me tell you, in the secret, you is capital Y. What does that say? It says that you are being deified if you go by this whole idea of the law of attraction. Folks that is off the reservation. It goes on to say, take a look around. None of it can exist without you. In other words, you create your reality. You are the center of your universe. Basically, it's cosmic humanism. Okay? Let me read the other one. There's three of them here. So whatever you look at, the result is still the same. We are capital O-one. We are all connected and we are all part of the one energy field or one supreme mind or the one consciousness or the one creative source. Call it whatever you want, but we are all capital O one. Folks, that's monism and it's heresy. It is not in line with biblical teaching. This is, again, not something new, but I will tell you that this is not biblical, and it reminds me of the encounter that Eve had in the garden. Yes, I believe in a literal Adam and Eve, contrary to a rising amount of people in the evangelical community and some apologists who reject a literal Adam and Eve based on an older apologist view of some primordial race of people. But this, my friends, is nothing secret. In fact, it smells just like the lie that the serpent gave Eve when he said, you will not surely die, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. That's from Genesis chapter 3, verses 4 and 5. Now, it's been over a decade since the secret was written, but the Deceit from Satan is rampant still today. You can find it in modern-day teachers of the Law of Attraction, coming out with books, coming out with courses, coming out with coaching. And some of the most popular teachers of the Law of Attraction are folks like Esther and Jerry Hicks, Helen Shookman, Eckhart Tolle, Gabby Bernstein, Jack Canfield, Robert Proctor, Dr. Wayne Dyer, Luis Hay of the Hay Publishing House, Deepak Chopra, and Brooke Castillo. Now, there's an obviously much deeper history than what we could dig into. But, I mean, if you go back into the New Thought movement with Helena Blavatsky and others, you can actually find this occultic thinking. Tying in from Quimby to Blavatsky, all the way forward, fast forward to where we are today. We can point to scriptures that can make the law of attraction sound like a biblical practice. Um, I'm not going to do that, but I will say that there, there are people out there that do Uh, for lack of a better term, twist scripture to make it sound like it is biblical. And I don't think I'm going to get through all of this today, but what I will do is I will share with you up to this point, and then next week I think what we'll do is we're going to talk about what, where the law of attraction misses the mark biblically. Because, folks, as you can see, as, as you can hear, it does miss the mark. But, you know, for example, let me give you a, a passage of Scripture. You know, the devil is really, you know, the devil, when he was tempting Jesus in the wilderness, he misquoted Scripture. When Jesus gave a response. He says, you know, it is written, many preachers, I wish they would dig into that word a little bit stronger because it will strengthen your trust in the scripture. And what I mean by this is that, is the following. When you see Jesus say in the gospels, it is is written. Actually, what Jesus is saying, and our English language doesn't do well in the editorial committees of the of the scripture, text, uh, the various translations, should do a better job. When Jesus says, it is written, it means it stands past, present, and future written. Past action, present results. It's a perfect tense verb. Okay? So, you can't pervert what stands written and and as i started to say jesus answered with the word gegraphatai, which is a perfect tense verb for it stands written man shall not live by blood, bread alone you shall not it stands written that you shall not put the lord god to your to the test and 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 so on but the enemy twists scripture. And I can point out dozens of scriptures that can make a case that the law of attraction is a biblical principle. And I'm not going to do that in this episode today. I'll deal with that next week. But it is the nature of the devil to per- pervert the straight paths of of the Lord, we see this in Acts thirteen ten, and even in Galatians one seven through nine, and it warns people. It warn it warns believers. Some people are throwing you into confusion, and are trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. So, if you can recall Quimby. Phineas Quimby, as the father of the New Thought movement, and how he twisted the tenets of the gospel together with his own mind science ideas. This is why we can find threads of biblical truth that make the law of attraction sound like it perfectly lines up with the scriptures and lines up with Jesus for Christians, but Folks, there are some key differences between spiritual junkies who practice the law of attraction and biblical Christians. And what I'm going to do is I'm just going to highlight these things real quickly in the amount of time that I have. And then next week, I'm going to dig back into them so that you can understand where we're coming from. Number one, worshiping creation and not the creator, as this does Source energy, you have meditation, which meditation in the law of attraction is not pondering on scripture. If it is pondering on scripture, it's misusing scripture. Okay? But if it's Eastern philosophy, eastern philosophical meditation, it's navel-gazing. It's basically looking within. It's drawing from the power of within. And so if you are thinking that it's you and it's all about you, folks, it's not about you. It's all about what Jesus has done. So that kind of meditation. Prayer, well, prayer, we talked about uh, that with reference to contemplative prayer last week. And then the whole idea of my will versus God's will. And and then there is nothing in the context of Scripture. And you're going to find out, if you hang around with the Rob Dog at all, you're going to find out that context, context, context is a big thing with us. So... That being said, and the amount of time that we have today, I'm going to dig back into this next week. And I I hope you come back. And if you're a Bible-professing Christian, I hope you come back and listen to the second part of this because I am going to defend this biblically and I'm going to show you how and why this Law of Attraction should not be anything a Bible preaching, a Bible professing Christian should be participating in. As you go out this week, keep us in prayer as we have started our semester uh, part B with Cornerstone College. We are teaching a World Religions class. And the students are getting into it. And I also want to ask you uh, to pray for a conversation that I'll be having with a local atheist sometime in the not-too-distant future. He reached out to me. And the whole thing is, he's cordial. And um, long and short of it all, I don't know what's going to happen in the conversation. But it's going to be an an adventure, let's say. Uh, I'll... uh, Bilbo Baggins. So we're going to go on the adventure. We're going to be in the adventure. You and I are going to be in the adventure together. So until next week, this is Rob Lundberg from the Let's Get Real podcast. If you have any questions, please email me at roblundberg315 at gmail.com. And also go to our website at roblundberg.org. Until next week, this is Rob Lundberg. We'll be back with you next week. Lord willing, go out and give them heaven. Lord bless you.